Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I'm going to have so much fun talking with my guest today because, A, not only is he in Colorado, <laughs> I always love it when I get to talk to people from home, um, but he is also a marketing expert and a small business marketing expert at that. So we're really going to be talking about the fundamentals, the nuts and bolts. And so please join me in welcoming Tim Fitzpatrick to our program today. Welcome, Tim. Deb, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Great, great. Well, um, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will jump into this. So Tim Fitzpatrick is an entrepreneur, business owner with expertise in marketing and business growth. He has over 20 years of entrepreneurial experience with a passion for developing and growing businesses. That passion served him well in operating and managing a wholesale distribution company he co-owned for nine years. The company grew an average of 60% a year before it was acquired in 2005. Since then, he's had failures and successes that have been valuable learning experiences. Tim started Rialto Marketing in 2013 and has been helping service businesses simplify marketing so they can grow with less stress. Most people overcomplicate marketing, and it doesn't have to be that way. So let's learn more about this from Tim. So welcome again, Tim. Yes, Thank you. Great. Well, I always like to know a little bit about my guests. So how is it that you got to where you are today and discovered that this is your passion in life? Uh, Well, gosh, like most entrepreneurs, it wasn't a straight path. It was kind of squiggles on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, I wasn't one of those entrepreneurs that, you know, had a lemonade stand and was selling baseball cards when I was 10. I'm going to do this in their six, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have that burning desire. All I cared about at that point was Mm -hmm. getting out and riding my bike and playing Mm -hmm. with my friends. But um, when I, so when when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, uh, but I'd always liked math. So I, I said, look, I'm going to be a math major. You know, everybody I know is doing business or, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the same things. Math is used all over the place. So mm-hmm. it should give me some options. Well, right. I graduated, still had no idea what the heck I was going to do. My dad had been an entrepreneur for years. Okay. Um, he owned a, a manufacturer's rep company. Mm-hmm. And about a year or two before I graduated, he had started a distribution company that was, kind of a sister company to that okay. rep company. And uh, he had no full-time employees at that point. And I said, look, well, I know you need some help. Mm-hmm. Let me help you for for the summer while I mm-hmm. figure out what the heck I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And it was like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, end of the summer, that was all she wrote. I was hooked. I mean, I just, <laughs> I loved it. I was the first mm-hmm. full-time employee. Mm-hmm. We were selling consumer electronics. So, mm-hmm. you know, home theater equipment, oh, cool. you know, speakers. Yeah. It was, I mean, TVs was fun right. stuff. Wonderful and place for, for a tech person to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I was soaking information mm-hmm. up like a sponge. I mean, mm-hmm. I learned more in, th- in three months of doing mm-hmm. that than I did in four years of college. Mm-hmm. So it was, I just, I loved it. And I said, look, I, you know, if you're, if you'll have me, I want to stay on and keep doing mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, this is great. Let's, you know, let's do this. He was busy doing his other day-to-day stuff. I was managing the distribution company day-to-day and, you know, things just went from there. I became a mm-hmm. partner in the company and, you know, by the time we sold in 2005, we had three locations, wow. you know, 20, mm-hmm. 25 employees. Um, so it was, it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I learned so much doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and after we got acquired, I worked for that company for another three years mm-hmm. That's when I'm actually moved out to Colorado. My wife mm-hmm. and I had been thinking about moving. We moved to Colorado with mm-hmm. the company. Um, and the company that bought us was a public company and they bought not only our distribution company, but mm-hmm. multiple distribution companies mm-hmm. at the same time across the country. Well, we all know what happened in 2008. Uh, so I had moved, mm-hmm. you know, the 
proverbial S hit the fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a public company, they started, they were really concerned. They started freaking out. They were Mm -hmm. making a lot of short-term decisions Mm -hmm. that maybe made sense in the short term, Mm -hmm. but weren't really great for the company Mm long-term. And in 2009, I actually got laid off. Oh, no. And, uh, well, you know what, the, I always, always I tell my wife, they, though, right? mm-hmm. yeah, they did me a favor. Yeah. I, I wasn't happy mm-hmm. at that point. I was traveling a lot more than mm-hmm. I initially anticipated. And I was fortunate where I was at least able to, you know, I was in a position where I wasn't worried about how I was going to pay my bills mm-hmm. tomorrow, you know, and make my mortgage payment. Right. So, you know, I took some time off and just mm-hmm. figured out, hey, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And I had always been interested in real estate. So I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to learn real estate from Mm -hmm. the residential side. I'm going to become a realtor. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, I'll learn the business and it'll allow me to, to invest in real estate, Mm -hmm. which I'd always been interested in. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's what I did. I, you know, I started door knocking people Mm -hmm. that were in foreclosure Mm -hmm. because there was a ton of short sale business Mm -hmm. at that point where people Mm -hmm. needed to sell their house for less than Colorado went through a weird little glitchy period there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just, I mean, it was a crazy time and I was putting myself outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. every day, really pushing myself. Mm -hmm. But after a couple of years, I was like, man, I don't like doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't happy. I was getting to the point. I, I, I read an email about a week ago and the guy was talking about Sunday night syndrome where, you know, Sunday night, you're starting to feel, you're starting to worry about, oh my God, I've got right. work tomorrow. The, the stomach starts churning. Yeah. It's churning. I'm, I'm dreading it. Well, that was me every single day. And I'm like, why am I owning a business right. that is making me feel like mm-hmm. this? So I said, I have to do something different. And that's when I started thinking about, what did I love about the distribution business? What skills did I have? And mobile applications were really hot at the mm-hmm. time. They were getting hot. And I said, look, I, this, uh, this is an interesting market. It's mm-hmm. changing all the time. Uh, very dynamic. It'll keep me interested. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to grow a business. I know how to help people grow their business. I'm going to, I'm going to get into mobile applications. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started Rialto mm-hmm. and. So initially, I was strictly focused on mobile applications. Mm-hmm. We were selling some to small business owners, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was in the K-12 education space ah. mm-hmm. where, you know, look, if you try to get school information from your phone and you go to their website, it's mm-hmm. a disaster. Right. Yeah. So it was a you way for them. You just need to know our classes start in early or late today. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's on the lunch menu today? How do I email my kid's right. teacher easily? Mm-hmm. So it was a great, it's a great communication tool for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were focused on at that point. And then it, this was a, probably about three or four years ago. I can't remember the exact time frame. Apple changed their publishing guidelines. They mm-hmm. made some adjustments mm-hmm. and I was not doing development from the ground up. It was mm-hmm. very similar to uh, like a, you know, I was building apps like you build websites on on Wix or Squarespace. Oh, okay. So you, you know, used a platform. Yeah, it's a platform mm-hmm. drag and drop editor. Mm-hmm. And Apple said, you know what? Um, we don't really, we don't, we don't like these. We don't think they're they're putting out quality mm-hmm. apps. We're not going to publish apps that are built on builders anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, as you can imagine. There were a ton of app building platforms, right. a ton of resellers mm-hmm. building apps on those. Mm-hmm. And so literally overnight, yeah, they went these, oh. <laughs> yeah, they were shut down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fortunately about, it took a couple months mm-hmm. um, and things changed. They opened up the policies a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it really got me to the point where, I, you know, I said, look, my, my business is heavily tied mm-hmm. to the policies of Apple and Google. Mm-hmm. And that is not a good place to be. That right. is a very vulnerable place to mm-hmm. be. They have too much, uh, too much power over my business. Right. So I right. need to shift. Mm-hmm. So I, I shifted again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I started getting into offering much more comprehensive mm-hmm. marketing services where we can be, you know, an, an outsourced marketing mm-hmm. department for our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still what we're doing today. So. That, I love it. That's how I got to where I am. I love it. I love it. You know, and and you know, in the last ten-ish months or so um, since the pandemic started, we've really seen everybody having to to make a lot of shifts. Yes. But you know, that I mentioned when I was you know at the the start of the program that we're going to be talking about fundamentals in marketing, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that people have because I do marketing for for folks also. Now I focus more um, just pretty much on social media. But, you know, it's just a tool. Yes, (laughs) yes. And, you know, you mentioned 
you know, having having all of your eggs in the apple basket, you know, the people who say, ah, I don't need a website because I have a Facebook page. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but I think that the biggest problem that so many people have is the bright, shiny object syndrome. Yes. Or the squirrel. You know, what is the latest and greatest that has come out? And how can I jump on that bandwagon? You know, and and you know, and then they might see a little bit of success, and then what happens is it starts to fade, and whoop, they jump to the next thing. Uh, you know, one of the the things right now that is is bright shiny object is is the app Clubhouse. Yes, um, <laughs> that's know, so funny. I, you know, I have I have an account. I have an account. That's all I have done with it. I mean, I haven't logged. I mean, I haven't. I, yeah, I haven't even logged in. I mean, you know, any yep. of those various things. But it was funny because on Facebook today. I saw a post from a marketing person who was saying this is going to be the greatest thing. It's it's absolutely fabulous. This is this is the next big thing. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think those MySpace people said that too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yes. and so, you know, it's it, it it like all of these things, they're just tools. Yes. And we have to start with the absolute basics. Um, you know, and so I think one of the, the, the most basic things and that so many people get wrong is who the heck are they trying to reach? You know, I love it when I ask somebody, who is your target market? Who's your greatest potential customer? And they look at me and they smile sweetly and they say, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, it, you know, they need to understand Starbucks doesn't target everyone. Walmart doesn't target everyone. Mercedes Benz doesn't target everyone. Yeah. You know, everybody has a niche market. So let's talk about target markets. Why are they so important? And, and why do we have to figure out exactly who ours is? Yeah, you can't without and target market, as far as I'm concerned, is the first fundamental in marketing. That's where everything starts, because mm -hmm. if you don't understand who you're going to serve and how mm -hmm. you're going to serve those people, uh, you're never going to, one, you're not going to be able to figure out where the heck they are to right. get in front of them. Um, but two, you're just going to flounder. You can't target everybody, as right. you said. It's just, it's not possible. Even the largest companies in the world don't target everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just impossible. And frankly, when you tell people, you know, oh, well, everyone, it doesn't resonate with them. Right. They're, they're not going to be able to think of people that they can refer you to or make mm -hmm. introductions to when you're too broad. You right. have to narrow that mm -hmm. focus because when you really understand who you're trying to reach, then you can start to ask yourself, well, where are these people? Where do they congregate? You know, are they, where are they offline? Mm -hmm. Where are they online? Right. And then that, when you understand where they are, now you know exactly mm -hmm. where you need to be to market your business mm -hmm. and get in front of those people. Your marketing becomes so much easier when you know who you're trying to, re to reach. Right. It provides you that direction mm -hmm. and that focus that you need to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, the, you know, I'm, and I'm sure you hear this as, as much as I hear this. When you're telling someone you have to do that, they go, ah, but I'm missing people. Yes. You know, if and and you know, there are times where I tell people, I mean, you need to get down to a really tight niche, niche, however we say that word. Um, you know, and and so you might all of a sudden be talking to a hundred people as opposed to a hundred thousand. And so they're thinking, but look at all that money, all that potential that I'm missing. You know, so what do you say to people who say, but 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 <laughs> because you're you, the opposite actually ends up being true. You end up doing more business because you can't, when you know exactly who you're trying to reach, mm -hmm. your message, what you say to them becomes that much more clear and engaging. Mm -hmm. When you try to do too broad, your message is not going to resonate with most of those people mm -hmm. and it's not going to resonate very strong. And because of that, your marketing is not going to convert as well as it should. But when you niche down, Focus on one to three ideal client types. Your messaging becomes much more clear and engaging to those that you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. You naturally attract more of those people, right? But I'm not telling you not to do business with other people. Right. I'm just if telling you. somebody else wants to spend money, that's okay. Yeah, I'm just telling you, <laughs> you can make that decision. All we're saying is you're going to focus your marketing efforts and your marketing dollars mm -hmm. on trying to attract mm -hmm. those ideal client right. types. Mm -hmm. You're you're naturally Look, we work with service-based businesses. I've worked with two e-commerce clients in the mm -hmm. last month. You know, 
I made the choice because I knew what they needed mm -hmm. and I knew that we could help them based on what their needs were. Right. You know, and so I made the choice. Hey, look, no problem. I know that I can help you. Here's why and here's mm -hmm. what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Do I market to e-commerce companies? Mm -hmm. No, I don't. You know, but I can make the choice mm -hmm. of who I want to do business with. I'm just making the choice that I'm going to focus my marketing efforts right. on these specific mm -hmm. ideal client types. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the message is different. You know, we're, we're all told that what we need to be doing is solving someone's pain. I'm, you know, I'm not real wild about that. I've never really liked that philosophy because, you know, to me, that's such a negative, um, you know, and, and, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it, when you're trying to solve the problems of the world, you can't. I mean, it's, it's just not possible. And so when you stop and think, you know, a, a great example was when you were doing the apps, you focused on education mm -hmm. because that was who needed your service. If you said, hey, we're going to design apps for everybody, then, yeah, I mean, you're back to, we don't even know where to market to them, you know, yep. but, but when you knew you needed clients that were in education, then you could advertise in their publications. You yep. could go to their trade shows. You could speak their language. Um, you know, talking about reaching parents is very different than if you're saying, hey, you need to reach your consumer. Right. You know, and, yes. and, um, and I think that's what's key in this is, is when you get it so focused, it really does make it much, as you were saying, much more easy to reach them. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, how do you get somebody to really focus on that? Because, you know, whether they've been in business two weeks, two years, two decades, a lot of this is one of the biggest issues for people because they are thinking we have to, to, to eat, maybe not reach everybody, but they're still too broad. So yeah. let's talk about how you get someone to say, oh, okay, this yep. is who I need to focus on. So I, I like to keep things as simple as possible. Um, so for, for existing businesses that mm -hmm. have current and past clients, the easiest place to start is to ask yourself three questions. Mm -hmm. One is who do you enjoy working with? Mm -hmm. Why? There's no reason to work with people that you don't right. enjoy working mm -hmm. with you. It's going to make your days much longer. Mm -hmm. You're not going to mm -hmm. enjoy your business. You need to work with people mm -hmm. you like working with. Mm -hmm. Two, who are your most profitable clients? Okay. Mm -hmm. We, we're not going to stay in business if we're not doing profitable work. Okay. And then three, who do you do your best work for? Who do you get the best results for? Mm -hmm. When you ask yourself those three questions and you look at the group of clients that you answered positively to, okay, that is where you start your work on who my ideal clients are. Because mm -hmm. everybody in that group you love to work with. They're profitable and you do mm -hmm. great work for. Mm -hmm. Now what you can do is start to look at the traits and the characteristics mm -hmm. of the different people in that group. Mm -hmm. Demographics, you know, right. so statistical data, you know, mm -hmm. how old are they? Do, mm -hmm. do they have a certain position? Where do they live? Do mm -hmm. they live in a certain house value? I mean, all those things are the demographics. What I think is equally, if not more important, are the psychographics of the people mm -hmm. in that group. Right. What are their thoughts? What are their feelings? What kind of roadblocks do they have as it relates to what are what their you problems? Do? Yeah. What are their problems? <laughs> um, what results do they want to see? You know, what are their goals? Because the psychographics is really what gets people to buy mm -hmm. and engage with you. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the people in that group and you look at the demographics, you look at the psychographics, mm -hmm. typically what happens is you see these subgroups start to form from there. Okay. That those subgroups are mm -hmm. where your ideal clients are. Mm -hmm. And like I said, most businesses have one to three ideal client mm -hmm. types. I would not recommend you focus on more than three. Mm -hmm. I think it's going it, to, it starts to get too broad mm -hmm. and it becomes mm -hmm. a little bit more challenging. Right. So, you know, focus on one to three of those mm -hmm. subgroups. Those you're gonna, are going to mm -hmm. be your ideal clients. Right. You know, and it is hard to, to start drilling down like that, especially if you've been doing the market to everybody type of, yes. of thing. Um, you know, and, and, but, but I love that, you know, the first thing is figure out what you, you, who you, you like to be working with. Yep. Um, you know, you liked working with educators. Um, you know, some people are going to like, you know, it, it's been, oh, it's been, oh gosh, several years, but I, I interviewed um, some folks on this program who focused on marketing to blue collar professionals. Yep. 
you know, they just loved it. So they worked with landscapers. They worked with plumbers, you know, all sorts of people. And, you know, and they really figured out that that was their niche. And, and, but part of that was because that was their background. Um, So they really spoke that language. I mean, you know, there'd be, I I couldn't do that. I mean, that, that would not be, you know, just because I'm not going to know the right terminology again, you know, things like that. But that was their passion. You know, they, they grew up, you know, their parents had been in, you know, in, in, you know, those type of service providers. And so they figured out, you know, hey, these guys need to be focusing on plumbing, landscaping, whatever it was, and have really no knowledge about how to market, about how to build websites. So that's why they went, ooh, this is a great market to get into. Yep. Yeah, it's, I mean, think about it. We've all worked with clients mm-hmm. where we, you know, the project was done and we said to ourselves, oh my God, I don't ever want to do that again. Right? <laughs> that was painful, mm-hmm. you know? So let's just have the awareness to go, okay, who are these people mm-hmm. that we don't like to work with mm-hmm. and why? Right. You know, a lot of it is not, you know, especially like in marketing, a lot of it isn't necessarily the, you know, the type of business that they're in. It's more about, again, those psychographics, right. how they are, you mm-hmm. know, I, we help people grow their business. If you're not interested in investing in the mm-hmm. growth of your right. business and really committed to mm-hmm. that, you're not going to be a good fit. Right. So, you know, if you're happy, you know, people say, hey, well, but 100% referral business. I'm good mm-hmm. with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good for you. Right. Keep you're not going to be a good mm-hmm. fit for us. That's uh-huh. fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we just have to understand that mm-hmm. and, you know, know what those people are like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we can start to identify, okay, these are right. the types of people that I do mm-hmm. want to attract. Yeah. You know, and it might take a little bit to get there, you know, especially if yes. you're already doing business because you might have existing clients. Um, you know, and, and of course, one of the hardest things for a small business owner to do is to fire a client. Yes. Um, you know, and, and the, one of the things, and, and, you know, we've all done it. We have all finally decided this is not worth that pain point. I have, I've had clients before where I charged them PETA, pain in the <clears throat> taxes. Yes. Um, yes. Right. Yes. And, you know, obviously you don't put that on the invoice, but they just weren't fun to deal with. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, when a time came to, to be able to say, you know what? we're not doing the best job for you. And that's really where it comes down to is if, if you're not having fun working with them, you're not going to do your best work. Nope. So, so that's not good. And, and so, you know, anytime though, that I have, have terminated an agreement, I like to have somebody else to refer them to, you know, to say, you know what, this is a great company. I'm going to suggest that, that you work with them. I'll provide, you know, if, if you want to go with them, you know, I'll, I'll do the introduction, be happy to work with them in the transition, all those various things. Um, because, you know, <laughs> burning bridges really isn't one of the wise things to do. But no, you know, we also need to know initially, I mean, how many times have we met with a potential client and thought, <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that little, you had that little thought and, but you know, sometimes you have to work with them. I mean, you know, you've got bills, you've got to pay, um, you know, and, and things like that. But there are times where it's like, nah, just not gonna, gonna go there. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, if you have that thought with your initial meeting, it's not going to get better. (laughs) No, no, it usually does not get better. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, you know, I've, I had a, a client one time, uh, that, that we met with and I mean, he, he, it really was one of those where I thought this is not what I want to do. I, you know, and, and now he was, I mean, he knew exactly what he wanted. He was very organized. I mean, you know, so because we, we've all, especially as a marketing firm met with a potential client and they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this guy knew. I mean, he was very organized, but there was something about him. I mean, there was just, now it wasn't a weird vibe. I mean, you know, there wasn't anything scary or anything like that. Um, because obviously, you know, those are times where we pay attention. No, you don't go there. Um, but, but yeah, it just, I thought, ugh. and so, but I went ahead and did the proposal because we were a new business. We needed the money, all those various things. And so, you know, we did the proposal and I don't do proposals anymore. You know, I just, I don't do long drawn out proposals where somebody takes my work and gives it to somebody else, which is exactly what that man did. He liked another company's proposal, but he didn't like them. 
And so he gave <laughs> me their proposal. Now he'd redacted all of their, their names, but he, and he said, here, I want you to implement this. And I said, oh no, that's not the way this works. <laughs> yeah, I said, that's, that is not ethical. And, and he, but the funny thing is he missed redacting the name in one spot. And it was somebody I knew and knew very well. And I contacted them and I said, you need to know what's happened. Um, yeah. And so of course they, they dropped him too. And, and um, you know, I got, so, I got several nasty emails from the guy, but then I was thinking, oh my gosh, dodged a big bullet on that one. Um, but you know, that, that again is where knowing who you should be working with. I mean, that if I, if I had that at that point, I never even would have been having that discussion because yep. he wouldn't have been fitting who I wanted to work with. It gives you a measuring stick, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So as you're having conversations mm -hmm. with prospects, mm -hmm. you've got this measuring mm -hmm. stick and you can go, yeah, are, mm -hmm. do they fall into one of my right. ideal client types? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you have to say no, but right. again, you can say, Hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to make, I have enough information. I've measured it against mm -hmm. my, my metrics here mm -hmm. that I'm looking at. And yeah, uh, mm -hmm. you're not a good fit. Let me refer you to somebody else. Or right. yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. I know we can help you and here's mm -hmm. why, but you at least have something to, mm -hmm. to, to compare it against right. so that you know mm -hmm. that you're making a good decision. Right. Right. You know, and, and some of, I mean, the, it's, it's all, arbitrary, you know, as, to, as yes. to, to who this is. I mean, you know, I know companies who will only work with businesses that have been in business a certain number of years. You know, they want to make sure that they're good, solid businesses. Other businesses absolutely love working with startups. Mm -hmm. um, working with a startup is risky, but they love it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so all of those things are there. So it's, it's just a matter of, and obviously this depends on what you do, but you know, you and I are, are you know, we, we work with, with service organizations. Yeah. So, it, you know, you can, you can research these people before you go to, to meet with them. Um, you know, the, the worst thing, and I saw this, I think on a, a LinkedIn article was where somebody said, you know, the worst thing is when you're meeting with a potential client and you say, so tell me what you do, because you should know that before you ever meet with them. Yep. Well, and it's, I think it's about having the right, asking mm -hmm. the right questions. Right. You know, so even if you ask the right questions, mm -hmm. you will get inf the information that you need, even mm -hmm. if they're not mm -hmm. completely forthcoming with the information. Right. If you ask the right questions, mm -hmm. you'll be able to tell mm -hmm. whether they're going to be a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You, know, you, you know, just have to have a process in place yeah. for it. And and obviously, you know, there's there's lots of ways that you can be researching. And, you know, and, and clearly this this depends on what you're doing for your business. You know, if it's a one-shot thing, you might not really care if it's more you're developing long-term type of clients, things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, one of the, the greatest resources is to, to research somebody on LinkedIn. Um, you know, yeah. I love going and, and I tell people this who are in the job market. You know, you absolutely have to look for people on LinkedIn who don't work there anymore and contact yes. them and say, you know, I've applied for a job there. Would you mind sharing a little bit about the company? A at the very least, they're going to ignore you or tell you no. Um, yeah. But you know, you're going to get some great insight. I was working with somebody one time, um, and she was she'd applied for. She lived in Colorado. She'd applied to work with a company in Cleveland. Going to be obviously a major relocation. She found somebody on LinkedIn who had left there, and so she contacted and she said, "You know, hey, I'm thinking about doing this," and. All they did was put a link to an article in the, the local paper that talked about the fact that the company was thinking about was was coming perilously close to declaring bankruptcy. <sighs> yeah. You know, and, and yes. so I mean that was and and so actually she went ahead, she still interviewed with them, but she put it in, you know, in writing that not only would they pay to relocate her, if she wasn't still employed by them, you know, because they they closed or something. In a, it, within a year's period of time, they had to pay to relocate her again. So, um, you know, and, and they actually agreed to it. And, and you know, and, and because they they said, you know, we've we've got a handle on this. We think we're going to be OK. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was she just went in with wow. invaluable information. You know, and, and so, I mean, you can do this. I mean, you know, I hate to suggest this for businesses, but, you know, you can go in and say, you know what? I need half up front. You, you know, here's, here's, you know, all of these various things you, you can figure out, okay, I'm going to work with them a little bit different. But again, you know, if you got that e feeling, okay, just skip them, you know, don't, don't even go yeah. there. 
Yeah, there's. I love your point about doing online research. There's, mm-hmm. frankly, whether it's customers or whatever it is, there's so much information mm-hmm. online that mm-hmm. we can garner now. I mean, right. we have information is at our mm-hmm. fingertips. We just need to know where to to look to get right. it. Right. Um, yeah. But online is a great place to mm-hmm. start uh, and d- confirm some of the mm-hmm. things that you think about your target market. Right. You know, go there's. Huh. And you know, and, and and you do have to filter it, um, yes. you know, and and but but yeah, I mean, you can look and see, you know, is this a business that has a bunch of positive Yelp reviews or a bunch of negative Yelp reviews? Yes, you know, or Google reviews because you can't, you know, for for those who are you know kind of unfamiliar with the process, if somebody gives you a negative re- review, you can't make that go away. You know, because Google and Yelp want to be unbiased and, and yep. some of the other review sites. So, you know, I always look to see what the response was. You know, did, did you know, was there even a response or how did they right. respond? Um, you know, but, but you know, so if, if they've got negative reviews, I care about those far more than the positive reviews. Because it's like, yeah, right. You had all your employees go do those. Um, but, but yeah, it's the, the negative things. And, and um, you know, so, yeah, do your online research. Again, obviously, this depends on what your business you know, provides, but, you know, even if you're back to, you know, the blue collar guys, I mean, you know, run, depending on how much you're going to be invoicing them, run a check and make sure that they're not, you know, that they're financially solvent. You can get some pretty good information for free out there. Yeah. Yes, you can. You know, and, and so it, it comes back to that, but, you know, so, so now we figured out, okay, we're going to market to Sally. You know, Sally is X age. Sally has X income. She's got 2.3 kids and 1.2 dogs. I mean, you know, I always loved it yes. back when it was people had 2.5 kids. I'm thinking, how do you market to 0.5 a kid? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's like round up or round down, but let's not have a partial kid. Um, you know, and so, you know, so now you know who you're supposed to be marketing to. How do we decide what we're going to say to them? How do we develop that marketing message? Yeah. So now that you know who that target market is with your marketing messaging, what you say, you know, how you communicate mm-hmm. what you do and the value you provide mm-hmm. is essential. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're ever going to convert prospects into customers mm-hmm. and the easiest way to do this, I believe is to use a storytelling framework. Mm-hmm. I did not create this. Okay. The framework that we mm-hmm. recommend is from a company called StoryBrand from Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, the, he popularized this from a marketing perspective, but it's, you know, if any of you guys are familiar or your listeners are familiar with the hero's journey, mm-hmm. it's kind of a modification right, right. of that, mm-hmm. you know, where if you look at, if you look at most stories, okay, there's, there is a main character or mm-hmm. a hero. Mm-hmm. They have a problem. Mm-hmm. They meet a guide mm-hmm. who gives them a plan that calls them to action so they avoid failure and they mm-hmm. reach success. Right. Okay. So let's think about this. One of my favorite movies is the original Point Break with Keone Reeves and Gary Busey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't fault me, Deb. Uh, <laughs> but Keone Reeves is a green FBI agent in that movie. The problem, there's a band of bank robbers called the Mm ex-presidents that are robbing banks in Southern California. Mm -hmm. The guide is Gary Busey, who is Mm -hmm. his partner. He's a seasoned FBI agent. Mm -hmm. He's been there. He's done that. The plan is, I believe, he, but Gary Busey believes that the ex-presidents are surfers. So he says, Mm -hmm. you need to learn how to surf. Mm -hmm. And I think you may meet Mm -hmm. them while you're surfing. So that's the target market. Yeah. Well, that's his, that's the plan, right? Mm -hmm. And so he calls them to action and he says, you need to learn how to surf Mm -hmm. so that hopefully you meet them. We avoid failure where they Mm -hmm. ride off into the sunset and we reach success Mm -hmm. and we catch the bank robbers, Mm -hmm. right? So all we're doing when we take that framework Mm -hmm. is we are inviting your customer into a story where they are the hero Mm -hmm. and your business is the guide. Right. Because... Our customers aren't looking for another hero. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a guide who knows how mm-hmm. to solve the problem they have that's going right. to help them get from where mm-hmm. they are to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And so when you do this, what it's really helping you do is enter that conversation that the prospect is having in their mind, mm-hmm. which is why it's so important for you to understand who your ideal clients are. Mm-hmm. Because when your client, when your prospects see what you say, what you really want them to say to themselves is, oh my God, 
was Deb at the meeting that we yeah, had last you're week? You're talking to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or did you, my God, was she sitting on the couch mm-hmm. like listening to my thoughts mm-hmm. last night mm-hmm. when I was thinking about that? Mm-hmm. That's what you want to have happen mm-hmm. because when that happens, it clicks. Mm-hmm. Your messaging is clear. Mm-hmm. It's engaging mm-hmm. and it's going to convert right. because of that. Right. But the other thing that using this framework does, I love frameworks. I love to keep things simple. You always have this framework to go back to. So when mm-hmm. you're going to create an email that you're going to mm-hmm. send out, you're not wondering what you're going to say. You're not reinventing mm-hmm. the wheel. You go back to the framework mm-hmm. and you pull bits and pieces to create the message mm-hmm. that you want to communicate. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to be consistent over time. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest mistake most businesses make with their messaging is they're just not clear. Right. You know, they're talking too much about themselves, mm-hmm. yeah. which our customers don't. We have don't... done X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, we're, we've won awards. We've done this. We've done that. And I'm like, I don't care. No, no nobody cares. Mm-hmm. What we care about is how can you help me mm-hmm. solve the problem I have? Mm-hmm. And the other mistake we make is we're not clear. Mm-hmm. You know, we land on somebody's website and we read the information mm-hmm. at the top of the page and we're left wondering, what right. the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, or I don't, I don't understand what these people mm-hmm. do. And if people are thinking that, do you really think they're going to scroll down the rest right. of the page to find mm-hmm. out? No, mm-hmm. we have super short attention spans mm-hmm. because information, we can get information mm-hmm. so quickly. Right. So if we go to a website and we don't understand it immediately, we're going back to the search results mm-hmm. and we're clicking on the next right. listing. Mm-hmm. So. That's why this frame, I love this framework because Mm -hmm. it helps you eliminate those problems Mm -hmm. and it helps you position yourself Mm -hmm. as that guide to attract those ideal Mm -hmm. clients that you're looking for, you know, and and it really helps make your company memorable Mm -hmm. and magnetic. Right. Right. And that's what you want to do with your message. Right. You know, and, and we've all seen those messages that are too broad and, and we've done the click. (laughs) because yeah, if I can't figure out, can they solve my problem, whether it's a positive problem or a negative problem, you know, if they, you know, and, and some things are just really simple and really basic, you know, are they open right now because of COVID? Right. (laughs) You know, uh, and, you know, uh, or, you know, I mean, how many restaurant pages have we gone to where we're thinking, are they even open right now? You know, I'm sorry, that needs to be, First and foremost, because that's the thing that people are thinking about right now. You know, that might not be what you really want to be talking about, but that's their biggest question. Um, you know, are you open? Um, you know, what are what are your hours? You know, all of these various things. And so, you know, that might not be the very first thing, but it's got to be in there so that, you know, and because if I have to click four or five times, eh, I'm gone. I am. Yeah. I'm just gone. Um you know, and, and so you can work, th- maybe you work that back in to say, you know, back to, you know, the, the restaurant, you know, we, you know, we are still serving high quality food during this time. We have limited access, but we are open, you know, things like yeah. that, um, you know, so that, yeah, they get it right away what they're looking for. Yeah, we have to, we have to keep our communications mm-hmm. simple and right. clear. Mm-hmm. You know, I would much rather err on the side of clear than mm-hmm. clever. Mm-hmm. Cause when we try to get clever with what we say, usually it falls flat. Mm-hmm. We make people think too much about mm-hmm. what we mean and it's just not going to resonate. Mm-hmm. It's going to fall flat. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the times where, especially like ads, your TV ads, they try and be so cute and so clever and they might be cute and clever, but when it's done, you don't remember who it was. Um, you know, yes. one of my favorite commercials of all time is, st- and gosh, it must be whew, 20 years old or so now is the herding cats one. Um, and of course it ran during the Super Bowl. It was, you know, and, and every, I mean, clearly I still remember. I mean, it was this cute commercial about herding cats 30 seconds after it ran. You had no idea who it was for. And it was for EDS data systems, if I remember right. Um, but, but yeah, it, you know, so you can be cute and you can be clever, but if they don't remember who it is or what you're doing, Again, you've lost out. Yeah, that's another reason why using this framework mm-hmm. works so well because mm-hmm. it helps you be consistent, mm-hmm. you know, with your message. Because in marketing, you know, we we always talk about the marketing mm-hmm. rule of seven. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes at least at right. least seven impressions mm-hmm. of your brand of your message for something to start mm-hmm. to resonate mm-hmm. with with the prospect to help them remember it. Mm-hmm. Well. 
if they hear a different message mm-hmm. each and every time, right. you're never going to get mm-hmm. to the place where they're going to remember who the heck you are and what you're all about. Right. You know, and and the so problem we've got to have consistency. People, yeah, they, they do the different message depending on what platform they're on. Um, you know, we see, I see that happen all the time where their website says one thing, but their Facebook post or their Facebook page is totally different. Um, you know, because they think, well, I'm reaching a different market there. So I have to talk different. Well, that comes back to, you don't know who your target market is. Right. And, and you're also think about the experience from the prospect standpoint, Mm -hmm. they're on your website, Mm -hmm. they read a message, they click on your Facebook Mm -hmm. icon, they go to your Facebook page and there's a different message there. And they're they're thinking, I went to the wrong place. Yeah. Am I in the right place? Mm -hmm. There needs to be consistency there from channel to Mm -hmm. channel. Mm -hmm. That's just going to, again, reinforce Mm -hmm. your message because look what just happened. They were on your website. That's one impression. Right. They go to your Facebook page. That's two. If you just communicated the same message mm-hmm. there, you just reinforced your message twice. You're, right. you're already part way to that seven impressions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if they go from one channel to the next and see a different message, mm-hmm. it, it's not happening. Right. So you, there's got to be consistency mm-hmm. there. Right. You know, and the, the big thing is that you have to have a plan. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's tricky because, you know, we have our marketing message, but then our salespeople, and it can even be the same person goes out and tells people something totally different. Um, you know, I've, I've worked in the large companies before where you had your sales team and you had your marketing team and they were, they never talked to each other. Um, you know, they, they reported to different hierarchies. I mean, all these various things. And that was a recipe for disaster um, yep. because, again, they didn't have the consistent messaging, all of those things. So talk to us a bit because a lot of people go, oh, a plan. Yeah, <laughs> I've got my marketing plan. It's in a binder. <laughs> it's on the shelf behind me. And oh, they blow the dust yes. off of it, right? Um, yes. You know, or it's it's still, you know, it's, it's it doesn't even have current people in it. I mean, all those various things. So. But but then, you know, there's also the, oh, I don't have time to do a plan. Why is a plan so important? And tell us kind of, you know, walk us through at least what needs to, to be in it for the basics. Yeah. So I, well, look, if you're, it was Benjamin Franklin said, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Right. Right. So, um I, having a plan is important because it gives you your marching orders. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that your plan's not going to change. Okay. Right. Our plans change all the time, mm-hmm. but we have to yeah, have an idea. There's this I- thing called COVID, right? Yes. You know, what exactly. we plan for in February is totally different than what we plan for in That's March. Right. <laughs> but we have to have an idea of what we need to focus on right now. When you have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about being distracted with marketing. Mm-hmm. I, the way we frame it is it's information overload, right? You know, you need to be on clubhouse this mm-hmm. week and, Oh, you need to be on TikTok. And if mm-hmm. you don't have a plan in place, mm-hmm. you're, that allows you to become distracted mm-hmm. and become overwhelmed mm-hmm. with all that information overload. And then you're not going to accomplish anything. Right. But if you have a plan, it keeps you focused. Mm-hmm. It eliminates the distraction so that when somebody says this week, hey, Deb, you need to be on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. you can say, you know what? I've got the discipline to say, this mm-hmm. is not on my plan. Right. I'm going to write down Clubhouse and maybe I'll look at that when I yeah. rework my plan. Three months from now, let's see if yeah. it's still. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll, I'll put it out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to forget about it, mm-hmm. but I'm not mm-hmm. going to focus on it right mm-hmm. now because it's not on my plan. Right. So your plan keeps you focused, mm-hmm. it eliminates that distraction, and it helps you understand mm-hmm. when and what you're going to execute mm-hmm. on. Now, the biggest issue I see people make with plans is they overcomplicate them. It's like you said, right. it's, I just spent, you know, 10 grand on my one-year marketing plan mm-hmm. and it's 30 pages and it's mm-hmm. this in-depth and we did a SWOT analysis and right. blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. It's too complicated. Mm-hmm. It, and when it's too complicated, we're not going to implement it. Right. It goes we into the desk drawer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. At least if I put if I put it in my desk drawer, I eliminate all the dust on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but still. And it's out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind. You know, but like you said, if I had spent that money doing a marketing plan mm-hmm. in January of last year, come March, mm-hmm. most of us would have burned it. Right. And and so the way I approach marketing planning. Mm-hmm is 90-day sprints. Mm. Our businesses are evolving mm-hmm. quickly and our marketing is going to evolve mm-hmm. as a result. And so 90 days 
is a long enough period of time to see whether what we're doing is mm -hmm. having an impact, but it's short enough where mm -hmm. we can start to make course corrections mm -hmm. easily. Right. And so I use a, a six-step 90-day marketing plan. Okay. Okay, it's very easy. Perfect. Okay, if depending on how much you write, this is no more than like two pages or Ooh. three pages. I've mm -hmm. seen people do it on one. So first off is your target market. Who are your one to three ideal client types mm -hmm. you're trying to attract? Okay, mm -hmm. we just want to keep that top of mind again. Mm -hmm. At the very least, write a paragraph, mm -hmm. you know, four to six sentences mm -hmm. of who those ideal clients mm -hmm. are. Okay. The second thing is what's your marketing goal? What's my mm -hmm. goal for the next 90 days? Mm -hmm. And for most of us, you know, we, we may have a year goal or a three year mm -hmm. goal. That 90 day goal is, is going to be a goal that's going to help us inch mm -hmm. closer to that right. longer term goal. Okay. But it should be specific. It needs mm -hmm. to be measurable. You know, in the next 90 days, we're going to bring on five new clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you've got. What's your marketing budget and your resources? Mm -hmm. I have to understand how much money I have to invest and the time resources. Maybe it's not my time as the business owner, but maybe mm -hmm. it could be some of my time, but it could also be some of the people I have on staff. Mm -hmm. And then the money I have to invest is, hey, I'm, am I going to do some paid ads or do I want to pay? Do I have enough money to pay somebody to help me execute mm -hmm. on this? But you have to know how much you have and how much time you have because that's going to determine what you can actually focus on mm -hmm. or how much you can focus on. Then in the fourth step, we're looking at what's our current marketing plan. Mm -hmm. And I realize when I say this, a lot of people may not have an existing marketing right. plan. And it's okay to admit that. It's okay. There's a lot of people that don't. Mm -hmm. All we're doing here is trying to identify where are we starting from because mm -hmm. we can't outline what we need to do to get to where we want to be until we know where we're starting from. Right. It's no different than my GPS. Mm -hmm. I, I can't just say I want to go to Denver International right. Airport. Mm -hmm. I need to tell where I'm starting from. Mm -hmm. So in this step, what we're going to outline is what we're doing in each of the main marketing channels. Mm -hmm. And I look at eight marketing channels. Okay. There's your fundamentals or your strategy, which is mm -hmm. your target market and your messaging. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those in place, you got to start there. Right. Otherwise, you're going to waste time mm -hmm. and you're going to waste money. Then you've got your website. You have content marketing. Mm -hmm. You have search engine optimization, mm -hmm. social media marketing, email marketing, mm -hmm. paid advertising. So things like Google ads mm -hmm. or Facebook ads, right. and then offline marketing, mm -hmm. which could be, you know, networking, mm -hmm. in-person speaking, direct mail, Zoom. whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so. All you're going to do in this fourth step is just write down what have you done or what are you continuing mm -hmm. to do in each of those channels. And if you're not doing anything, it's okay. Just write not applicable. Right. I'm not doing anything there. Mm -hmm. Right. We're and, not networking in person for three months. Correct. Mm -hmm. Right. But you at least have a general picture of what am I doing from a marketing perspective right mm -hmm. now? Then in my fifth step, what am I going to do in those eight channels for the next 90 days? This is my nine, what I'm going to focus on okay. for the next 90 mm -hmm. days. And depending on what my budget is and mm -hmm. the time that I have, that's going to determine really what I can and can't focus on because you can't focus on everything. So all we're going to do here is just outline what am I going to focus on? Right. And one of the tools that we use and I'll, uh, in the resources that I'll, I'll give your listeners mm -hmm. This checklist is in there, but we call it a marketing evolution index checklist. And it mm -hmm. looks at these different mm -hmm. channels in three phases. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm in phase one of my website, what should I be focusing on? Mm -hmm. When I'm done with those at phase two, what should I be focusing on? So mm -hmm. it gives you a guidepost to mm -hmm. look at, to try and determine based on where I'm at, what should I be focus on, focusing mm -hmm. on in these respective channels? Mm -hmm. So it makes that a lot easier because a lot of people go, okay, well, great. I know where I'm at, but what the hell should I focus on for the mm -hmm. next 90 days? I have no idea. Right. Well, use the marketing evolution index checklist as mm -hmm. that guidepost. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not foolproof. Nothing is foolproof, but it mm -hmm. gives you an idea of how to focus. And you're going to outline those in that fifth step. Mm -hmm. And then the last step is what metrics am I going to track? Mm -hmm. The metrics will help you determine whether the actions that you're taking mm -hmm are starting to have an impact. Right. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I was a math major, right? So I could dig into the weeds mm -hmm. on the analytics, but we don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so if 
frankly, for most of it comes down to, am I getting more leads? Mm -hmm. And how many of those leads are actually being converted mm -hmm. into more customers? Right. You know, that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. And then you may have some metrics that are specific mm -hmm. to, you know, if I'm focusing on my website, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I want to look at, you know, traffic and a lot mm -hmm. of traffic is a kind of a vanity metric, but is what I'm doing driving more mm -hmm. traffic to my website? And then am I actually converting mm -hmm. any of that traffic right. to leads and customers? Mm -hmm. Go high level. Do not mm -hmm. dig into the weeds. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of 90 days, you're just going to look at it. What have we done? Mm -hmm. The metrics that we tracked, what's working, what's mm -hmm. not. And then we make course corrections. Mm -hmm. We update our current marketing plan section. We update what are we going to focus on for the next 90 days? Are we going to track some different metrics? And away we go. We just mm -hmm. wash, rinse, and repeat. But I right. guarantee you, if you use this for mm -hmm. a year, you will look back on that year and go, oh, my God, we just accomplished mm -hmm way more than we right. ever have in any other mm -hmm. year because you had a simple plan that you could actually follow mm -hmm. and use and you implement, you took mm -hmm. action. I love it. You know, and, and the thing about it being, you know, a simple plan is it's easy to make adjustments to it. Um, you know, the, we're still in the pandemic. We're still in quasi lockdown. You know, we're, we're not going and meeting with people. We're not networking. We're not doing all those things that we did a year ago. But if we had some of those basics in place, that didn't change. Your target market pretty much stayed the same. Your, um, you know, you, all of the things, your, your marketing message. Now you, you might have to have you know, tweak your marketing message a bit, yeah. you know, home a lot more now, <laughs> you, know, right. you know, some things like that. But yeah, if you have those basics, then you can switch. Um, there's, there's a commercial right now that, you know, uh, um, you know, we, we don't spring back, we spring forward. And that's so true. And, you know, again, here we go with, I don't remember who it was, um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it really is true because we're thinking, you know, okay, <clears throat> we're not going to go backwards in our planning. We're going forward, you know, because backward yep. is, you know, it, and, and things are not going to be the same, you know, whatever happens when we are out of the pandemic, you know, if we're ever really out of that, I mean, we just go on to the, the next thing, but, but yeah, when you've got those basics down, you tweak them slightly. And as you said, you know, with a 90 day plan, it's easy to do that. If it's like, well, you know, in year five, I said yeah, I'd be doing right. such and such. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you, that's one of my favorite memes that, you know, keeps floating across social media. Who would have, you know, when you at, were asked your goals five years ago, who would have said this? Um, yes. But, but yeah, you know, it's so when you, when you know and have those basics, you know, you, you can make those adjustments and, and go forward. So it's not even really a pivot. It's just, you know, it's an adjustment. It's, you know, a course correction back to your GPS. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get there, there's a detour. All righty yeah. then. You know, your destination is still the same. So, you know, you, you just have to change how you're getting there. Yes, how you're going to get there. And it's those, it's those little mm -hmm. incremental changes that you make. Right that make all the difference mm -hmm. in the results you have at the right. end. Most people don't measure their marketing mm -hmm. results. They don't know whether mm -hmm. what they're doing is mm -hmm. having an impact. When you measure it and you know what's working mm -hmm. and what's not, mm -hmm. you are you have enough information to make an informed decision to go, hey, we need to double down on this. Right. We need to drop mm -hmm. this. Maybe we're going to test this other tactic mm -hmm. here to see if we can get mm -hmm. some similar results. But you're just, you're right. constantly changing. It's like I said before, your business is evolving. Mm -hmm. Your marketing mm -hmm. is going to evolve with it. And that's okay to change mm -hmm. things. You know, frankly, even if you said to me, Hey, you know, I've got my three ideal client types. Awesome. Well, two years from now, you may say to me, you know what? We've realized that this ideal client mm -hmm. type is not good for us. Right. That's okay. You're, this is not like set in stone right. and your yeah. feet are, are buried in concrete mm -hmm. and you can't move. Mm -hmm. It's okay to change it. It's just one of those things. It shouldn't be changing, you know, daily, weekly, monthly. Right. Because you the back to the we have to be consistent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to change it from time to mm -hmm. time. Those things are going to happen. Right. This just keeps you focused mm -hmm. and you know, when you do need to change it, you're going to have the mm -hmm. information you need to to say here we need to change mm -hmm. this and here's why. Right. Yeah, you know, and then when things happen, you know, I I think that the the problem is when we think things can't change. You know, that's where when something like a pandemic hits, 
the businesses go under. Um, you know, our favorite bookstore in, in Birmingham is uh, they sell signed first editions um, of, of, you know, modern books. Absolutely love that place. You know, we, we go, we actually deliberately drive from Atlanta to Birmingham several times a year to, to do this. Well, they're closed. You know, they, they, you know, they, they can't have people coming in the store. Now this was never a huge retail place. I mean, this is not Walmart. This is, you know, maybe they had 10 people a day that came in. I have no idea, but what they did was, okay. You know, their, their website was pretty good, but now they've really bumped it up. Every single book they have is shown on the website. I mean, their inventory is impeccable. So you can do your online ordering, but they've added a lot of video features with authors. Um, so Zoom interviews, you know, so they're saying, hey, Tim, tell us about the new book that we're going to be highlighting and, and releasing in our store tomorrow. So people are like, oh, my gosh, I, I love that. And you know, so they they took their basic premise, which was still selling signed first editions. They didn't change from that. You know, they just changed how and where they were going to be reaching people. And and it wasn't a drastic change. It was just, oh, okay, well, as opposed to in-person book signings, we're going to be doing virtual book signings or yep. something like that. Yep. They found a way to mm-hmm. take their existing right. model mm-hmm. and modify it mm-hmm. so that it works under the current circumstances. Right. Right. And that's what a lot of us have, have mm-hmm. had to do. Yeah, which and that's just part of mm-hmm. that's part of that the squiggly line that right. I talked about in the right. beginning. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately for some, it wasn't possible. Um, you know, and, right. and and they just couldn't make that change. But you know, for the rest of us, yeah, you know, we can change. I mean, we were talking before the program started about how much online networking we're doing now. Oh my gosh, you know, the thought of having to you know put real pants on and real shoes and drive to a networking event and eat whatever that meal is. And I'm like, you know, I might not, you know, I used to go to two or three of those a week. Yeah. Things open up again. I might go to one a month. I mean, who knows? I might not do them at all. Um, You know, and, and, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm attending events that are in Colorado because they're zooming. Um, yep. you know, and, and things like that. So yeah, I think it's, it's now is actually a great time to be making these decisions. And if you're a new business or an existing business, you know, it's, it's an absolute perfect time to be thinking through these things, but you know, yep. you might be thinking, uh-huh, I'm still overwhelmed. I don't know what to do, which means they need to contact you, Tim. So how <laughs> nice do they, segue. I know it's like, I've done this before. Right? <laughs> um, so how do they reach you and, and, and connect with you? Yeah, the best place, uh, and thank you, Deb. The best place to go is our website, which is okay. rialtomarketing.com. Mm-hmm. That's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. Mm-hmm. I did, we put together some special resources about okay. these three fundamentals that we've talked about. Perfect. For your listeners. So if they mm-hmm. go to rialtomarketing.com forward slash the dash business dash power dash hour, there are some free resources there. If you like what we talked about, and you want to get, you know, some outside eyes on where to focus your marketing mm-hmm. efforts next, there's a get a free consultation button right Perfect. there and you can book a call mm-hmm. with me. Be happy to chat with you and and give you some some clarity on where you should be focusing your marketing efforts to get the best return. But there's some awesome free resources there are at the bottom of the page, our links to our social. We've got a podcast, we've got a blog, we're putting out all kinds of content there as well. So go to our website. It's the hub of everything we do. I love it. And again, it's rialtomarketing.com and it's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. I love it. I love it. Well, in just the couple minutes that that we have remaining, what final thoughts do you want to leave everyone with? Well, one, don't skip the fundamentals, right? So don't skip your target market, Mm -hmm. your messaging and having a plan in place. Mm -hmm. I don't care what discipline it is. The fundamentals do not change. Mm-hmm. The fundamentals of hitting a major league fastball are the same today as they mm-hmm. were 50 years ago, and they're going to be the same 50 years from now. So, and marketing is no different. Mm-hmm. So don't skip the fundamentals. You will save so much time and money in the long run if you take the time to do that now. The other thing I would say, just from an entrepreneurial, you know, small business standpoint, look, it's so easy for us to get overwhelmed. There's mm-hmm. so many things being thrown at us, focus on the next measurable step. You know, when you look at, oh my gosh, I've got to do all this stuff to accomplish my year, my my goal for this year. Mm-hmm. 
focus on the next thing that you can do today to get you one step closer. And it becomes so much easier, less stressful, and you'll actually do it. And then when you do it, you can check it off your list and you go, oh my God, I just made progress right. today. Right. It keeps you motivated too. So hope that helps. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, it's so important that we have those foundations. I mean, you know, think of it as a house, folks. You yes. don't have a good solid foundation. It doesn't matter what you build above it. It's not stable. It's not going to hold a good wind or pandemic will blow it over. Um, you know, and so make sure you've got those those good, strong foundations. Um, I've been having such a fun time talking with Tim Fitzpatrick. I'm Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.